0: This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcast.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcast.org. I got in erev Shabbos. Hope everyone is well. I'd like to wish mazal tov to, Mordech- to Mr. and Mrs. Mordechai Senser upon the birth of a granddaughter born to their children in Houston, Texas. to see much nachas from this new grandchild and from all of their grandchildren and from their entire mishpacha. This week's parasha, we turn the pages of the Chumash, and in this week's parasha, in the beginning of parasha's Matas, the Torah introduces us to a very interesting idea and concept. To many of us it seems foreign, but as we'll see and discover, it's very, very much relevant to our lives, and even more so to the time we find ourselves specifically now. Beginning of the parasha, the Torah tells us a concept called a neder. A person makes a vow, he makes a promise, that either he's going to do something or not do something, and the Torah teaches us that that is binding. Just merely saying so has the power to bind a person into doing something or not doing something. Even though the person didn't do any action, the person just spoke. just The words came out of his mouth, I don't want to do this, I do want to do that. And that already makes a person obligated to fulfill and to keep his words. And right away that causes us all to stop and think. And to realize what our words can accomplish. How powerful are our words. A person can have an object that's sitting in front of him which is technically completely permissible. But because I said I don't want to eat any of this food, this food now becomes prohibited on me. Just my words. My words can change my reality. It can change my life. It can change my halachic status. It can change my relationship vis-a-vis this object. All because of a few words that I, came, that I recited that came out of my mouth. So obviously the Torah is teaching us the importance and significance and the severity of what comes out of our mouth. And we find that in the Pesukim itself, the Torah tells us, Lo yachel don't make chulin. don't profane your words. Instead, one must keep, one must do whatever comes out of his mouth. And the Mepharshim are troubled. It seems to be repetitive. means don't break, don't make profane your words, which means keep your words. So what's the continuation? Whatever comes out of your mouth you have to do. Obviously, because if you're not going to fulfill what comes out of your mouth, you're going to be profaning your words, and that's a violation of so as Asks the Farshim, what's the repetition that we find here in the Psukim? And the Chidah and others give a very, very important answer. And the answer is that's not the way you're supposed to read the Pasuk. The way one reads the psuk is the following. Lo yachel if a person is careful not to profane his speech, he's careful, he's sensitive, he's aware, he's a, he knows what words he says and what he doesn't say. Then, whatever comes out of his mouth, yasim is Hashem will do. Not you will do. Of course, you have to keep what you say you're going to do. But says the Chidon, the Chsam and so many other great that if a person is careful with what comes out of his mouth, if he doesn't profane his speech, he's careful what he says, he's careful how he says it, then whatever comes out of his mouth, Yasa Hashem will do. His relationship with Hashem just changed. Now when he asks Hashem for something, when he begs Hashem for something, Hashem will do it because Hashem sees, Hashem realizes how careful this person is with speech, how careful he is with the way he talks. And therefore Hashem will be more willing, Kav to fulfill His wishes. It means we just opened up a lane. We just opened up an access. We just now are able to tap into Hashem and be able to get things that we want. As long as we are yachel devaray, as long as we keep our speech, we don't turn it into chol. As long as we realize how powerful our mouth is, and this is what separates us from the animals. What makes a human a human is the ability to speak. And when we realize how powerful our, worlds, our words are, how lucky we are that we can express them, then Hashem says, whatever you ask of me, whatever comes out of your mouth, I will do. Rev one of the big rabbis, says he was personally numerous times by Rav Pinchas Zatzal. And couples came to Rav and asked him for a bracha to have children. And if Pinchas Sheinberg turned to the couple and said, I'm not going to give you a bracha. I'm going to give you a haftach. I'm going to guarantee you're going to have children in a certain amount of time. And if Gans turned to Rav Shaimberg afterwards and said, How? Can you promise a couple? How can you give a haftoch, a guarantee to a couple that they're going to have children? And if Scheinberg said to him, because I am so careful with comes, what comes out of my mouth, I'm so meticulous and careful, what I say, how I say, to whom I say, I know that when I ask this of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's going to come true. What a powerful way of living life. If we knew that we can have that type of connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that ever we ask of him, he will fulfill, Is if it's lo yach If we're careful... With what we say, if we're careful in how we talk We can have that very, very special Intimate relationship with our Godesh Baruch Hu as well But we know this We all know That words are powerful We all know that our words can Accomplish great things But we also know that our words can destroy Words can ruin lives Words can build barriers And words can make fights Like you've never seen before if you stop and think about it, in the Jewish world, in, in our world, most of the fighting, if not 99.99% of our fighting is verbal. We, Baruch Hashem, don't go around attacking each other. In the Goyish world, they have a problem. There's shooting and stabbings. Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, in our communities, we don't turn to violence. But we hurt each other in a very, very, very real way with words. If we'd be able to take the words out of the equation, and we'd be able to look at us... Interact with each other If words weren't the issue We would have very very little things to fight about But because our words Are so powerful And we say things And then we realize Oh I didn't mean it I take it back The teaches us There's no backseize Whatever you say It's going to happen You have to be so careful So meticulous Especially the time That we find ourselves now As we're entering into the nine days Of and we're trying to be and we're trying to fix the mistakes that Klai Yisrael has made and we continue to make in our relationship with each other. And when the Gemara tells us that Klai Yisrael lost the second base in Migdash because of Sinas Chinam, it includes so many more Averis. It's not just that we were mean, it's Lashon Hara, Rechilos, the way we spoke, the way we talked, the way we interact with each other. This is a time where we're trying to work on that. We're trying to see if there are ways that we can improve our speech. Say a nice word, a compliment. But sometimes the best version of speech is not to talk. When you're really mad and you're really upset, and you're really frustrated, sometimes the best way is not to talk. Keep quiet. As powerful and amazing as words are, the greatness is to know when to talk, but even more so when not to talk. Sometimes the best thing is to keep quiet. Yes, you're upset. Yes, you're frustrated. Yes, you're angry. But sometimes the best way to deal with a situation is not to jump back with a comeback line and a gotcha line and a zinger back. Sometimes the best thing is just to be quiet. To be a mevater. Listen and take it. As we say, bite your tongue. And by doing so, not only will you be marbashalim, you'll sometimes realize that you could have said the wrong thing. I'll share with you an amazing story I came across this week. which really, really shook me as, as, as a parent and as an educator but I think we'll have meaning for everyone there was a Rebbe who taught in a yeshiva and the Rebbe was very very meticulous on the boys about what time they show up to class everyone has to be on time, and we have to start on time and there's a Seder to our class and it was very very mocked but very tough on the boys that they always have to be on time to class and one day the Rebbe was running late the Rebbe was running late he must have got stuck in traffic. Maybe his wife needed him at home. Whatever the case may be, the Rebbe was running late. He runs into the classroom 15 minutes late. And there's a kid in the back row who lifts up his wrist and points to his watch. And the Rebbe says to himself, this kid is telling me that I'm late. He's giving me Musa. I'm getting Musa from my student. He's giving me Musa. He's pointing to his watch, like to say, hey, you're late, Rebbe. And the Rebbe was boiling up. You're going to give mustard to your Rebbe. And the Rebbe was ready to explode. But the Rebbe said to himself, You know what? Let me keep quiet. I'm not going to say anything now. Let me bite my tongue. Hold my tongue. I'm not going to say anything. Let me just take it for now. And I'll deal with it later. And the Rebbe decided not to talk, not to say, not to speak. And instead, he kept quiet. After... That story later that day, there was recess, there was a break. And the boy came over to Rebbe and said, Rebbe, I wanted to show you last night, I got a new watch. And I was so proud of my watch. I wanted to show you my watch. So right when you walked through the room, I was pointing to show you. Look at my new watch that I just got for a present last night. Can you imagine? The rabbi thought for sure the kid was giving him muscle, the kid was racing him on, and the kid was coming from such a pure place. He just wanted to show his rabbi, look at my new watch. Sometimes in life we jump and we run and we make conclusions and it doesn't end well. Sometimes the best idea is just to be quiet. Let it sit in, simmer, think about how you're going to respond, what to respond most often when you let your, give yourself some time to respond, you'll realize your response is a lot better than when it's just oh, frustration and anger. And this Rebbe realized that the best thing he could have done in this situation was said nothing to this boy. And instead of yelling at him for no reason, he realized the boy was just trying to show him his beautiful watch. So sometimes the most beautiful thing in life that we have is not to talk. It's to be quiet. And the Torah is telling us in this week's parasha the importance and the value of our words, both positively and of course negatively, but even more so. Just like the Pusik tells us in it's better not to make promises. It's better not to make promises. It's sometimes better not to talk also. So many of us love to run our mouth and we love to say and to share and to talk. Sometimes we need to be like an editor. It's better not to talk. Keep things closed. Not everything needs to be shared. Not every statement needs to be made. Sometimes just keeping quiet is the best option. But I think there's one more lesson from this week's parasha that we need to discuss that is essential to the times we find ourselves in right now. As we get to the end of the parasha, the Torah tells us that the parish of Ir Miklot, which is basically a safety zone, a safety net for someone who kills accidentally, he runs there and he stays there in this town until the Kohen Gadol dies. And the Mishnahis tell us, fascinatingly, that the mother of the Kohen Gadol was always nervous... That perhaps these people would daven that their, their son should die because the only way out is when the Kohen Gadol dies. So the mothers of the of gedolim used to come and they would bake cookies and cakes for the inmates to keep them preoccupied so they shouldn't daven that their son should die. I like to joke, you see from over here, that no matter, even if you're the Kohen Gadol, your mother's always going to worry about you. That's the beauty of a Yiddish mother. No matter how old you are, you're yeah, the Kohen Gadol can you imagine the Kohen Gadol's mother she's still worrying about him she's still concerned she still wants to make sure that he's doing okay but the obvious kasha the author from Kelm asks is what was the Kohen Gadol's mom worried about these guys the Kohen Gadol was the great one of the greatest Jews at least in Bayis Rishon for sure and these are a bunch of people that are just stuck here because they weren't careful in what they did their tefilos are going to be more powerful than the Kohen Gadol's tefilas. And the answer is yes, because these people stuck in the Mikla realize and they know there's no way out. There's no law system, there's no lawyer, there's no defense. There's nothing that's getting him out of this predicament besides for tefillah. You can't control the kohen gadol's death. All you can do is it Said the altar from when A person realizes there's a law no There's no one else out there that's going to help you, and it's just a kodesh baruch Hu. Those tevilas are so valued, those tevilas are so powerful that they perhaps can even cause the Khaingalda to die prematurely. And this is a very, very essential message for all of us. When we dive in with that realization that there is nothing and no one else that can bring my tevilas, not the government, not my boss, not anyone can affect my reality, my outcome besides Surah Kodesh Baruch. That's a sincere tevila. Our sincere tefillah goes La to the highest level. Jacob Kamenetsky pointed out that if we want Mashiach to come we have to stop thinking it's going to come from a government, from an army. We need to realize it's l'onu When we dive in for Mashiach with that realization when we dive in for Mashiach with that realization that there's nothing else that can bring the Geula. Nothing. No one, nothing, no person, no army, no country. When our tvila's are completely miyachay designated, la'avinu shemayim, those tefillahs are so powerful. Those words have such a kayach in shemayim. But we don't think of it like that. We just think, okay, well, I'll try my best, I'll throw up a tvila, hopefully it will work. I'm thinking in the back of my mind, you know, could be this will happen, that will happen, the government, the president. It's a mistake. When we come to the realization that nothing else can change our outlook in life, nothing else can change... Our, what we, our desired outcome. Only HaKadosh Baruch. And we dive into Him for that reason. We underestimate, but they're so powerful, our tefillahs. This always reminds me of the tefillahs of young children. When a young child, children daven, they don't know of all these fancy cheshwainas. They know one thing, they want this thing, and they say, I want Hashem to give me this thing. I must share with you a story that took place in my home this week. My son Mayor he goes to camp in the five towns. It's a long trip home. From the five towns, is usually traffic. Camp ends late. He comes back relatively tired on a regular night by the time he finally gets home. And there are many stops when the bus comes back from the five towns, first back to our neighborhood. It makes many stops along the way, but we could technically drive to the first stop in Cougar and Hills and pick him up, save him about 10, 15 minutes on the bus. So last week, one day, my wife decided she pushed it. felt bad for him. He was on the bus for a very long time. It was a long day. She decided she was going to just go. She didn't tell him beforehand. She was going to go pick him up from the first bus stop in the neighborhood. This way, where he saves 10-15 minutes on the bus. And my wife picks him up from the bus and he tells my wife, you should know, I davened on the bus today. I davened that you should come and pick me up from the bus stop. I managed to daven for that. And my feelings were answered such innocent feelers, They don't know all these fancy cheshbayinists that we have. It's this and that. They just know, I want X. I daven to Hashem, give me X. Halavai, we should daven like small children. That we want a certain thing from HaKadosh Baruch and we have to say, Hashem, you are it. You are the provider. No one else. It's not going to come from this. It's not going to come from that. It's going to come from you and in Oyd If we were to daven like that for all our tsurachim. For all that we need and that we want from our Kodesh Baruch Who knows how powerful our tefillahs are And more so if we daven like that For the Geula, for the Mashiach For the arrival of the third base Don't underestimate what we can accomplish Mister Hashem, the takeaway from this week's parasha Is to value our words Appreciate our words Know when to talk and when not to talk But realize what our tefillahs can do When they're coming from a place of realization That our Kodesh Baruch is the ultimate Savior and everything comes from Him Mr. we should be zeiched to daven that way, to re- live that way. And we should be zeiched that all our tefillahs should be answered that way. And Mr. we should be zeiched not to have to have a Tisha not to have to go through our nine days. We should be zeiched that our tefillahs for Mashiach should be answered, should be heard. We should be zeiched to greet the arrival of Mashiach. B'mheri Amen. Have a wonderful Shabbos.